it seems like every day there is a new person added to the Zay Flowers fan club. On Friday, BC held its pro day, and he, of course, to no surprise to any Boston College fan, continued to wow everyone. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. I'm your host, AJ Black. Today's episode, we've got Zay Flower News, a new recruit coming in for basketball that is going to bring a specific aspect of the game BC's been lacking. And one basketball player has finally entered the transfer portal. We'll get into all of that in just a moment. But let's start this off with Zay. For the next month or so, let's just get it out of our system. We're going to be talking about Zay Flowers a lot. As he continues to skyrocket up draft boards. Now, on Friday, the Eagles had their pro day at Fishfield House in front of a packed um, audience of NFL scouts and general managers and all sorts of personnel there to watch no offense to the other guys, one real big player, and that was Zay Flowers. Now, the other players that were there, Marcus Valdez, Shibuzi Yonbuka, Jaden Lars Woodbay, and then they had some other guys. Uh, Kobe White was there, Austin Burton of Purdue. Well, it was up to Zay Flowers to, to impress because he seems to be the only one that's going to be an early draft pick, and that's a safe thing to say. And he did exactly that. Now, he didn't do the drills that he did at the combine. You didn't get to see him run the 40 again. He's going to sit on the numbers that he did. And, you know, he didn't lift or do any of that other stuff. What he did out there was run his routes and showcase what his hands look like, his speed, you know, running drills, and and just all the things that you would want to see out of a wide receiver. And again, he leaves this event wowing people this has just been something one time after another i mean like this has been a a pattern since Zay flowers has walked on the campus remember so he started off as a guy that no one knew about he comes in he does a little bit people are like wow he starts to, to um you know starts to get some attention with his speed on some just basic routes that steve adazio uses 2020 happens and again it's wow there's Zay Flowers again. Wow. You know, with, with Phil Jakovic out there, we're seeing him do even more. 2021, wow. You know, this guy is one of the best receivers out there, even if there's no one out there to get on the ball. And then last year, it was wow. This guy is the best wide receiver in the ACC. And this just continues into the offseason. Now he's wowing people at the Combine, at Pro Day. And I saw some really interesting comments uh, from from folks out there uh, really pushing that this could be the, the time where Zay pushes himself into the number one wide receiver. And, and, it, and if you've looked at mock drafts, you've seen him go from anywhere from one to five in terms of wide receivers. Uh, I obviously, and I think a lot of you are probably more pr- um, apt to have him go a little bit higher than maybe some national people have. But I've seen, I saw Bill Connolly, who is a statistics guru for ESPN, I uh, used to be from SB Nation, but this guy is the one that does the SP Plus. And he put out a graph that showcased every route that Zay Flowers ran last year. And what we saw, 
and what he showed, other than it being completely messy, I mean, like if it is that it was everywhere. Like there's no pattern in what Zay is able to do. That's a good thing because what's the what makes a wide receiver one dimensional if he's predictable? And what what Connolly was showcasing is that you can have Zay do anything. You can have him run short routes. You can have him go routes. You can have him in the slot. You can have him do this. You can have him do that. He can do it all. And if that's what the scouts are seeing out there at the combine, at pro day, Zay is going to go higher than what people expected. I've seen him going as high as 12, 14. Pretty impressive for a guy that was projected to be draft, uh, projected to you know be a, a uh, three-star wide receiver. Now, he went out and had lunch and dinner, or sorry, had dinner with at least two teams that we know about. He went out with the Giants and with the New Orleans Saints. Now, both of those would be great landing spots for him, right? The Giants have um, Daniel Jones, who just had a big comeback year, and he just needs wide receivers. This would give him a chance to be the guy with the Giants. With the Saints, they just traded for or signed Derek Carr, uh, obviously a, a, a all-pro quarterback that could get him the ball. And yeah, it's not Sean Payton's team anymore, but that's a team that has no, been known to have really good offenses. He, he'd get to play inside a dome for more than half of the season because he gets to play Atlanta twice. Uh, Atlanta, too. I'd love to see what Zay could do you know, on, the, on that. But you know what? All you can say is he, again, there was nothing that came out of his pro day that was of any concern. He leaves healthy. He showcased his, his ability to catch the ball. I mean, you can go and find, I think the height sports guy, Graham Dietz, I believe his name is did a nice job of videotaping some of the passes. It was, in, it was also funny too, because uh, on what was it? I think it was Thursday. Jeff Halfley said, you know, we're bringing in Austin Burton. He's going to throw to, he's going to give someone to throw to Zay. And I believe, and I didn't get a chance to go because I, you know, I have my day job. I I believe when I was watching the videos, it was Emmett Moorhead throwing to him. It's hard to miss him with the, he's big and he's got the big beard and everything. So um, it looked like Moorhead ended up throwing to Zay. The other guys, you know, that, that were there, we'll have to wait and see. We're still waiting. The one number that I was really hoping to hear about was Jaden Woodbay and his, um, his 40 da- yard dash. We didn't get that number, um, and I, I don't know why they hide it, but hopefully we're going to ask BC. Uh, Mitch is going to ask for that. Um, and Boozy and Valdez, I think they've got a, um, a hard road ahead of them because they, as hard as they work, and they're, you know, everything you've heard about those two guys is they're the hardest working guys in the building. Um, you know, physically, they may not have the tools that will get them to that next level, uh, but you never know. Weirder things have happened, so we'll have to wait and see there. Now, in our final two segments, it's basketball talk. We're going to talk about one player leaving, one player coming back uh, in, in terms of a uh, recruit that just landed uh, on Friday. We'll get into that in just a moment. But before we do that, I want to tell you about my friends over at Built Bar. The Built March Madness bracket is here. We know you have a favorite bar or puff, and now you're, now's your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorite. You know I'll be voting for the cookie, and dough, cookie, cookie dough puff. Easily my favorite. 
And if you want the Eagles to win, then you'll be voting for that team too. Support your team, support your bar or puff. And when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you will be entering into a drawing where 50 locked on listeners will get a free box built. Not only that, but one locked on fan will get a 12 month subscription to built to have built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. You got to try built. They're the best protein bar ever. I'm not kidding you. I use these all the time as a meal replacement. I use them as a snack. They are amazing. Why are they so good? Well, first of all, they're 100% covered in chocolate. They're great in protein. They get the macros you need. All you need to do is go to built.com, builtmarchmadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March. So hop on in and support your pick. Locked on BCAJ Black here. And we were talking about Zay, but now it's time to talk about the transfer portal. But before we do that, we are on a march to 1,000 subscribers here. And I want you to be the next person to join us. It's completely free. Just hit that subscribe button. We are at 778. That means we're 222 away. You can help us get there. Now, DeMar Langford uh, was a four-star recruit, depending on where you looked. He was, I think, 125 on 247, which is the uh, numbers I'm going to use because I'm a 247 writer. So that's where I get my numbers. Uh, But he was a four-star. And from Worcester Academy, he announced on Friday that he's entering the transfer portal. Now, this isn't a huge surprise for anyone who follows his social media. At the end of the season, after they lost to UNC, uh, Langford went on Twitter and I believe he had a thank you, BC. He had some like pictures up and under it said, thank you, BC and the peace sign. So to me, that that kind of seemed to me the 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 writing was on the wall. And specifically when you looked at who BC was looking at the transfer portal, they were looking at guys that fit a very specific role that he does, right? Coasey Reeves from Florida, uh, a big guard who, who is a slasher, not really an outside shooter, kind of like Langford. Well, Langford was one of two Langfords on the team that now, now BC has went from two to zero because Makai Ashton Langford graduated, but Langford came here as a big time recruit. He was, as I said, a four star out of Worcester Academy. Um, he played guard right off the bat. I mean, he started off playing 15, 16 minutes a game, but by the end of his freshman year, he was playing pretty consistently, you know, 30 plus minutes as a starter. Um, as I said before, he wasn't much of an outside shooter, but man, when he got going and he was really engaged with that offense, he was some of the dunks he could make when he was driving to the rack um, were pretty impressive. Now, his sophomore year is where he really took off, where you really started to see uh, the kind of guard that would, uh, you know, could could, you know, be all ACC by his senior year. Really, you know, really dynamic, uh, getting to the rack, you know, good, good shots out, out all over the place. I mean, he had some big ACC tournament games and you saw his points per game go up from seven to 11. Unfortunately, this year, it didn't go well for DeMar. It just didn't seem like he regressed. He was hurt a lot. So he missed a lot of games. Uh, he played limited minutes at times and his points per game went right back down to where he was as a freshman at seven. Now, he had that big game against Virginia. He also had a big game, I think it was against Notre Dame, where he scored 19 points. But it was like hit or miss with him. It just wasn't consistent. It just didn't seem like he was fitting what BC was trying to do. And so he enters the portal. I don't blame the kid. You know, maybe maybe he's just figuring out, you know, he was originally uh, committed to Jim Christian. He tried a couple years with Earl Grant. Maybe he just wants to try something different. Um, 
you know, I, I enjoyed watching him play. He was a, a fun athlete when, and especially when, as I said, when he got things going, he could be a lot of fun out there to watch, but where does this leave BC? I don't think this is a huge, unfortunately, and this is not a knock on DeMar, but in terms of the big picture of where they're going next year, I don't think the loss of DeMar Langford is that huge of a, of a, uh, of a, a crushing loss to this roster. This isn't like if they lost Quinton post, if he ends up staying in the NBA draft, you know, Langford, I, I think is replaceable and it's not a knock on him. I think he's just a guy that, you know, given what he does, you can find a guy like that in the transfer portal, or you can hope that maybe a Chaz Kelly uh, or, or uh, he's more of a, a point guard, but maybe Donald hand ends up being more of a consistent guard to play for, um, for BC. Uh, I, I think, I think BC will be fine. Uh, you know, you never, you hate losing recruits that you you've brought in and especially guys from around the corner. And, you know, his dad obviously has been a big uh, factor. Uh, you, they sh- every game, I feel like for the last two years, you see Mr. Langford out there um, and it's going to stink not seeing him anymore. Cause he was a great BC fan. He'll be fine. I think he finds a system that works more for what he does. I mean, he just didn't, it just never seemed like he clicked this year with this offense and maybe just a fresh start will help him re- revitalize what he could and could not become. Um, but for what he did and um, that, that gives BC now two roster spots to, to work for in the transfer portal. I think that's important to look at too. I, I, I thought it was going to be DeMar when I saw what BC was doing in the transfer portal. But BC has been looking at a few different things, right? You've seen them looking at guards that the role that DeMar Langford has. We've seen them in um, in more like the fours, like the 6'8 kind of power forward, if you want to use NBA terminology. See them involved with a few of them as well. But now they have two. And that gives them some flexibility to go out there and try to find some people that do what they need to do. And, you know, I think in terms of grading Grant on transfer portal moves um first year he gets an a plus because he landed um quinton post i mean if you bring in quinton post a guy that was scoring three points a game and all of a sudden he's all you know the acc's most improved player you get an a plus for that last year c minus i mean mason madsen hasn't done it yet and cj penna was fine but like cj penna was what i think d2 played for a small school he needs uh, BC just needs to continue to build and develop guys like like Madsen and uh, Chaz Kelly and DJ Ham, but they're going to need a few other guys now too. And so it'll be interesting. We'll see. Coasey Reeves, as we said, was on. You know, they were they were they were visiting him on at at home, and they were also doing some. Um, he was also visited by Georgia Tech and Mississippi State. So there's a little bit more. Um, interest in him. The other name to watch for uh, in terms of who could fill these roster spots is Elijah strong. Um, he is a power, a six, eight forward from South Carolina. And again, this is a kid that uh, has been blowing up lately. And I think BC's in a really good spot. I'm going to have an interview up with him shortly on Eagle insider for VIP users. You're going to want to make sure you check that out as well. Now in our final segment, we're going to get into our uh, newest Boston College basketball player, and you're going to want to hear about what he that BC has really lacked under Earl. We'll get into that in just a moment. 
The tournament is heating up, and there's no better place to get in that action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, and basically everyone, I'm telling you, I'm in a pool with like 85 people from play people I know. People have teams left uh, that could win the final four. It's insane. This is an insane March Madness. It's madness at its core. Want to get yourself revitalized? You can handle. Maybe you can win back the money that you put down on your bracket that you burned. That's because right now FanDuel is giving new customers a no sweat first thousand dollars. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on anything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the net. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use, so don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Locked on BC, AJ Black here. Hope you all had a great weekend. I know I did. Great weekend. The BC recruiting staff basketball team. BC landed a new um, transfer. I mean, yeah, transfer. New recruit in the class of 2024. Nick Petronio from Milton Academy. Now, this is not a ranked recruit. He is a kid that is from their backyard who had offers from Illinois, UMass, Loyola, Chicago. Uh, there was a few other schools that also had him ranked on their or offered, excuse me. Why the, you know, uh, an unranked recruit really gets me excited is because this kid does something that BC desperately needs help with three point shooting. And he shoots to a level that I think, you know, you, you, you look at teams like Syracuse that have the, the Buddy Bayheims and Joe Girards who could shoot from outside. And you've always looked at BC and go, well, they don't have that. Don't they ever have a guy that can do this? Well, Petronio, he shot 45% from three-point range last year. 45%. Can you imagine like getting a regular like and I'm not even asking him to shoot 45%. But can you imagine getting a three-point shooter that can consistently hit a three on BC? It feels like it's a unicorn. We just never get it. Because you know, every year that BC has has played you know, one of the war- biggest these heels for this program. And Petronio's going to fix that, I think. Uh, now, I don't know much about what he could bring in terms of defense and other pieces of his game, but when there's one statistic that really sticks out, that's all I need to know. That's really it, right? And so I'm not sure where else BC goes in terms of 2024. We have to wait to see. You know, They're going to lose TJ Bickerstaff, so they're probably going to go for another center. They're going to have, I think, most of the rest of the roster is still there, Um but uh, Quentin Post, he'll be gone uh, no matter what happens. So they'll have, to, they're going to need to get some bigs too. Uh, and then there will be transfer portal moves. So we'll have to wait and see. But I think Petronio is a great start for BC. Now we have a couple minutes. So we'll continue talking about other BC news that happened this weekend. And first and foremost, congratulations to the BC baseball team who scraped together an in, uh, a very interesting 
uh, series win this weekend against number 24, NC State. This is the first time BC has beaten NC State in a series since 2017, uh, which I believe they swept that series. But this did not look like it was going to go BC's way. And BC did a hell of a job um, coming back. So they won on Friday. I think it was two to one. Uh, nice pitcher's battle. Uh, BC gets a two-run home run. Uh, then Saturday, it's a rainout. It was awful in Massachusetts. It felt like winter all over again. But Sunday, it it flipped again. We got nice weather. It was like 50-plus degrees. I heard Jeff Halfley was in, in attendance at this game. Uh, and it was a doubleheader. First game, you had... Uh, he's, oh, he gets shelled. It was just like the other game. Of, who was who? Uh, it was Florida State that they got blasted. And it just, you know, when, when the wheels came off, the wheels came off. They lose 12 to two, which is ugly. And the game goes eight innings. The second game, BC falls behind early. And again, you're feeling like, oh God, this, maybe the, maybe the, the gleam on this team is finally going to wear away and we're going to get ugly BC baseball. And BC has a huge, the bottom of the sixth inning. And then went uh, their um, one of their players, Wang hits a tying home run and then they walk it off and so resilience again, when you're down like that to come back and win, that shows some guts that shows some character there. And I thought BC showed it. I thought BC um, against now they've won three straight ACC um, uh, series this year. They're six and three. They've won more ACC games than they won all of last year. This is, this is looking fun. This is a fun team to watch. There's eight in attendance, I think on, Friday's game uh, you know it's there again so it's starting to gain it's starting to gain some momentum basketball uh, BC baseball starting to look like something now BC gets um, UConn in the middle of the week this week and then who do they play this weekend I, I lost it I had it right in front of me but they have another weekend series next week um, we'll have to wait and see who it happens there so that was big news um, BC women's basketball, they lost another, I don't know what the heck is going on there. Uh, Ty man, uh, manner came up. Um, and she was BC's all freshman team, um, guard. She averaged 11 points. Sorry. Tana mayor got her name messed up from Boston. Uh, was there all ACC? I mean, she played very well and she's the third player to enter the transfer portal. Again, I don't, I don't know anything about women's basketball. I don't have any connections to the team. I don't really cover them. So I don't know. This is one thing I'm just going to put my hands up and say, I don't know what's going on there. It just doesn't look good. Um, and so that's bad. And then um, BC men's hockey uh, got really good news is kind of got is coming back. Uh, one of the best players in the country. He decided uh, he'd rather play for BC than the Philadelphia Flyers, and who can blame him? Uh, so that's going to wrap up our conversation for today. I just had so many news nuggets uh, from the weekend. If you want more news nuggets, I've taught, I mean, there were 60 plus recruits on campus uh, for BC men's football, BC men's, BC football. I've talked to about a half dozen of the big ones. Sometimes you got a ton of kids that are coming, just local kids, and I don't really interview them. But the the big kids with BC offers that you want to know about, I've got them all. So you want to make sure you subscribe to our channel. Um, go to Eagle Insider and get that. And again, subscribe to our YouTube, please, please, please. Thank you all. We'll be back again tomorrow. Follow me on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC. Take care, everyone.